Welcome to Lace and Debauchery. We are part of the Frolic Podcast Network, a podcast community of everything romance and romance related. Find new shows to add to your podcast subscriptions at frolic.media slash podcasts. Hey listeners, it's Taylor. Before we kick off, we want you to know that the opinions and discussions that take place on Lace and Debauchery do not reflect the opinions of The Rip Bodice in any way. Lace and Debauchery as a podcast is an affiliate of The Rip Bodice, which means we can earn a commission on the books we sell during our time as podcast hosts. You can find our affiliate link to buy romance books in every episode description, as well as on our website at laceadpodcast.com slash buy. Thanks for your time, and now for some debauchery. and debauchery. My name is Taylor. My name's Piper. And today we're going to be talking about the critically acclaimed, critically acclaimed by us, critically acclaimed by us, <laughs> novel My Killer Vacation by Tessa Bailey, recently released two weeks ago Two weeks now. ago it came out on the... Or I guess we're recording this before it's going to be up, but came out in early June um, and it's a story of a vacation kind of gone wrong because what's gone the one awry. What's the one way to fuck up your vacation the day you get in? Find a dead man in your Airbnb with a gunshot through the to skull. the fucking forehead. <laughs> to the fucking forehead. I listen. I would be very upset. I want to start this podcast by saying we are going to be biased toward Tessa Bailey. Towards Tessa Bailey, she can do no wrong, no. especially to Piper. I am a Tessa Bailey evangelist. Is what you need to know. I read It Happened One Summer last year, and then I became an absolute fiend, feral nightmare. Yeah, feral nightmare. For <laughs> Tessa Bailey. I love the way that she writes people of color because there are some people who write people of color in romance novels in a way that isn't a hate crime but feels dangerously close to it. I would say that the chances of you reading a romance book where you're like, is this <laughs> racist? racist? It's going down. It's more, going down. But however, more you're like whoa in her book love her or lose her both of the main characters are people of color and it's written in such a way that it adds to the plot and it doesn't feel tokenizing and just feels completely organic and i love her for it i think she's so talented i think she writes the best rom-coms the best dirty talk literally i have not read any other romance novels with dirty talk that matches tessa bailey i wanted to just go rapid fire and do some of the tropes that we found in this book oh brilliant yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect when reading my killer vacation by tessa bailey we're going to go through and do kind of a subgenre breakdown some trope breakdowns mm -hmm. so you can see if this is a book that you would like for subgenre i would consider it like mystery romance yeah. maybe like light suspense because light they're suspense. solving a, a murder mystery yeah so i feel like the most obvious trope is grumpy sunshine yes he is the grumpy she is the sunshine she is characterized as smelling like apples yeah and she is a school teacher which so, is like sweetest shit you can get and he's a bounty hunter with acid reflux and tattoos and rides a harley davidson ultimate grumpy yes there's one thing that i love and that is acid reflux representation yo his first line in his pov chapters i climb off my bike and pop in an acid and i was like king shit absolutely yeah because i too constantly have acid reflux we have forced proximity and forced we have timing constraints as well because yeah. they have to figure out who killed oscar and then miles is going to go home and that's going to be the end of their relationship right there's an age gap 
there's an age gap. We have cave, a good hot cave scene. Listen, I have read two hot cave books recently. What was the other one? The other one was A Reckless Match. By Kate Bateman? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should become a trope. The, I think we're going to die in this cave, so we might as well fuck. I guess if there's, there is something about like time being lost in a space like that. Cause like there's no natural light. No clocks. No clocks. If there is, Stranger Things is coming for you. Yes, Vecna exactly. Oh my God. Vecna is <laughs> on the fucking loose. Okay. We have some public sex. Public sex. Uh, we also have sex toys used. Sex toys. And then kind of a bodyguard. It's not so much bodyguard. Yeah. But he does stay really possessive. Yeah, kind of touch her and I'll kill you. I saw a touch tweet on TikTok <laughs> that was like, romance heroes be like, when, what's his name in the first season of Bridgerton? Uh, Simon? Simon. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't he say I burn for you? People lost their minds at that. Yeah. And I was like. It's like, but he hasn't killed anyone for her. Yeah, I'm like, show it. Burn. Burn. Do it. Set someone on fire. Set, do it. You won't. You won't. Do you love bit? her? <laughs> you don't. Why are we nagging this guy? What did Simon <laughs> ever do to us? Um, okay, so. I think that's it. Is that? I think so. Yeah. Those are the big ones. What did you think of this novel, Piper? I loved this book. I also underestimated the spice, which is bizarre for me because I've read so much Tessa Bailey and she is the queen of dirty talk she is yeah. the queen of smut and I wasn't expecting it to be as filthy as it is it's also her self-published book which yeah. her last one was window shopping which was also equally self-published yep, self-pub yeah. which was equally but then even with her traditionally published ones like they're still dirty they're still dirty but would you say that these are more dirty than like it say, happened one summer in hook line and sinker i would say window shopping feels similar to it happened one summer and hook line and sinker but this one is by far this is the spiciest one that i've read she has a couple dark romances that i haven't read yet i have one of them she's dark romances oh yeah what are they she has one called follow which i have and it's about a girl and she like accidentally gambles herself away yes what yeah what's it called follow there's a book called deal with the devil by megan march yes same yeah. exact premise i fucking love it because it's also on her terms that she's like Oops. right yeah she's like what oh wait yeah. it's called follow yeah i Dude. also think that she i know that she has like a there's like a teacher student romance Really? Or like a TA situation. Ooh, we got a taboo one Yeah, from... Tessa? Listen, when I was a teenager and I saw... Uh, oh my god, what was that show called? Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Liars. Arya yeah. and what was his name? Finch? Filch? Ooh. Ezra. Ezra. Finch? <laughs> Filch, like... Yeah. Like it was Harry fucking... Potter. Him and... What was his cat's name? Mrs. Miss Norris. Norris. Absolutely unnecessary. Yeah. But I loved this. What did you think of the book? I really liked it. So it was my first Tessa Bailey book. I right. have read pieces and parts of It Happened One Summer, but it was the first full-length Tessa Bailey that I read. There is not much to dislike about this book, I would say. That's true. I mean, it is it the most compelling mystery to solve? I could not care less about the man who dies at exactly. the beginning of this book. And I think that almost makes it, like, campy. Absolutely. Right? And the fact, too, that there's this whole entire subplot line about the fucking mayor seeking re-election during this like super political time where people are angry about short-term rentals and yeah. whatever and i could not care less yeah 
And she's just, she just like glosses over it because then she's like, and then he grabbed my underwear and twisted it so hard I had an orgasm. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking exactly. So. Truly insane that you could also open to probably any page in this book and there would be probably mentioned about how his cock is tingling or something. Yeah. What I love about Tessa Bailey is even if the characters don't fuck or kiss or anything early on, her books are so pervasively horny. Absolutely. In a way that I really, really appreciate. You know, insta-love is not my jam. I usually like to start a book with two people who don't have any feelings toward each other, and I want to see those feelings develop over time. Mm -hmm. But obviously, as we know, with My Killer Vacation, as soon as he enters the home that she's renting, yeah, because um, he's a bounty hunter who's coming as a favor to so try to solve this mystery. Miles and Taylor. Miles and Taylor, yeah. Taylor is the main a heroine. My name, yeah. which is very funny. So we each have a Tessa Bailey novel. Tessa Bailey books with characters that have the same name as us. Mine is It Happened One Summer. My name is Piper. And I'm Taylor with My Killer Vacation. We will just say that she did it on purpose. Yeah, no, she knows us well. We're She's a friend of the pod. Yeah. Good friend. If we ran into each other in public, she would know who we are. Well, you, probably. She follows me on TikTok. Yeah. I gasped so loud that my parents thought I was Dying. injured. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tessa, if you want to come talk about books. Tessa, if you need a crime committed, I'll do it. She would. I would. She really would. Unfortunately, commit a crime if you asked me to. Not too dissimilar from the crimes committed in this novel, which I would say some are illegal in the legal sense, and then some are illegal in the moral sense, like when they fuck <laughs> in a each church other in the church. Illegal in a moral sense is very funny. Like in Sierra Simone priest fashion, they fuck they in a church. Fuck in a church because there's a torrential downpour that they do not want to be caught in. Right. But wait, back to the insta-love. Oh, yeah. Sorry, of course I get... Other than insta-love, there's also insta-horny. Yes. But... I would say more than insta-love, it's insta-horny. But maybe, I mean, by the standard of a trope, I guess you can consider that the same exact thing. Right. In the beginning of the book, when Miles walks into the house, he gets upset that Taylor was in there alone and that she found Oscar yeah. by herself. And he doesn't know this woman. And he's like, this is weird. I don't understand why I feel this way because I don't do relationships. I'm not into cute women. And she's like tiny and adorable. And like, that's not what I'm into. Grumpy sunshine. Grumpy sunshine. And yeah. what I love about this take on grumpy sunshine is that she's not, she is not weak by any means. And she feels like she is. And so, so much of her development as a character is about becoming braver braver yeah that's i loved that about this and it made her character her character is fantastic but that element of her being like i'm trying to be brave and this is my chance like I'm yeah. almost waiting for something like this to happen to prove to everybody that i can be the brave one yeah i just love how stressed it makes miles because he's like just don't get fucking killed like you are driving me up a wall, please go away because I am in love with you and I need you to not get murked. And the, yeah, the thought of you getting harmed is so horrible to me that I'm willing to do anything to make sure that that doesn't happen Exactly. He's you. like, I would rather die. Yeah, literally. I mean, at the yeah. end, he literally trades places with her during a pretty intense situation with the killer. Right. And he's like, shoot me instead, basically. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I mean, it's a romance. No one dies. Except for the- Except for the guy for in Oscar. chapter one. Like, Poor Oscar. also want to say, they did him so dirty. They being Tessa. <laughs> she literally is like, this man, he's a peeping Tom. He deserves to be dead. And then you figure out in the end, you're like, no, this poor man was 
just innocent. dead. So I, I would say like the first really hot thing that happens in this book, as Taylor is leaving the first Airbnb to go to another one, she takes the guest book and asks Miles for updates on the case. And he's like, no, fuck you. And she's like, okay, fine. If you won't give me updates on the case, I won't give you the guest book. And he's like, I need the guest book. And so they kind of work out a deal, but she goes upstairs to her room and Miles follows her and she opens her bag and in her suitcase is the guest book. And also she has these like red panties that he yeah. spots when he walks into her room and he's like, what are these for? And she's like, ah, none of your business. Yeah. But basically she's like, just in case I hook up with somebody, blah, 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 blah. Obviously him being the alpha male in his head, he's like, who's going to be fucking her? That's not me. And she's wearing a bikini and shorts and he grabs her by her hips and licks her stomach and then bites it and then bites like her hip automatic too like these this is the not first second time they've met and he steals her panties yeah I so he steals her the red lacy underwear and replaces it well, with his business card and then after that she uses the guest book to force him to contact her again exactly because what's more fun to a single woman on vacation than solving a murder. Well, yeah, and she's like, I can do this. I can find a way to help. I was there and I feel like I'm morally like obligated. Yeah. I feel like she flirts between this innocence, a second grade teacher who smells so sweet and who looks so sweet. And then she's like, I'm not afraid of death or seeing dead bodies. Right. Well, she thought that she would die if she saw a dead body and then she doesn't. And she's like, well, maybe I could be brave braver yeah but yeah she does say to miles they're talking about dating and he says oh well you probably want the you know finance bro and she says i guess i wouldn't mind the suit and socks and finance section type of man as long as he doesn't treat me like porcelain in bed it seems i can't have both on one hand i'd like a man who makes a good living and wants a family someday on the other i'd like to be manhandled once in a while just sort yes. of thrown down and told who's boss but on the three occasions i've dated a man long enough to do it they insisted on treating me with respect in bed it was incredibly disappointing zero stars would not recommend yes so I think that this is such an interesting place to be because it's hard for women to ask for what they want in bed. I feel like the way that Tessa framed it by using the word manhandled is a perfect layman's term Absolutely. for what she's actually asking for, which is for rough sex, essentially. Right. And consensual rough sex. Yeah, but also, like, I think from this character's perspective, too, like, she's spending so much time making decisions for other people and protecting other people. Yeah. I mean, it comes up in her relationship with her brother Jude and the fact that, like, she's a teacher. She's, like, spending time Helping with children, children and long. making decisions for children. And so I think to just be like, oh, I just want to be railed. And that's exactly the vibe that you, that you get from her because she's so mesmerized by this guy yeah. and by how unlike other men that he is in mm -hmm. the sense that he's, you know, riding on a motorcycle and he's kind of mysterious and yeah. he's kind of aloof almost a little bit absolutely and i mean there is something really empowering right and being able to ask for something that you want to happen to you mm -hmm. and then having somebody who is so willing to listen to you and the cues that you give off in every way exactly that you can create a very fun safe situation which is exactly what taylor does for herself exactly and to read something about a man getting pleasure not from the violent aspect of the sex because that is something that I find alarming about men is when 
they're like, oh, we should change it up. So I'm going to slap you. When it's like, why is violence the first thing that men turn to? Absolutely correct. And I think that's like the most important caveat. It is clear from the very beginning mm-hmm. that she is the one who is asking for this and that his yes. pleasure is not derived from being rough, but from seeing the pleasure that she gets from it. From like being manhandled. Manhandled. Quite literally. Like, but, and being told what to do. Exactly. Like that's the thing that turns her on and that's the thing that then turns Miles on. Right. It's not, oh, I'm making this woman do this stuff. Again, it's kind of like if someone tells you that their favorite book is American Psycho because you're like, that should not be... That should not be true. ...what you say. But if I say, you know, as a woman, if we're like, you should read American Psycho because it's a good book about XYZ, then yeah. if a man were to read it, then I'd be like, okay. Very different from a man... If a man tells you that his favorite book is American Psycho, leave. There is there is no reason to continue the conversation. If now. a woman tells you her favorite book is American Psycho, be her friend. The next sex scene is um, they're back in the first house and they find a letter and they both dive for the letter and then she grabs the letter out of his hands and then she falls off the couch and he follows her and like lands on top of her. He says, you want that pretty little mouth kissed? And she stutters and says, yes. And he says, now say it again without stuttering, baby. And then they're fucking interrupted. Multiple times, Multiple times. But this is the first interruption, which I think adds to the desperation. Tessa Bailey does that desperation so well. Like, it comes up in Fix Her Up with Georgie and Travis. Like, is that his name? Trevor? No, it's Trevor or Travis, but I can't... The desperation thing that you brought up is actually a really good point because when you start off with the two of them equally being automatically attracted to each other in a way where they can barely keep their hands off of each other on their first meeting... Yeah. Having those interruptions occur one after another after another because this is the first time it happens in like... happens like four times before they actually have sex. I think that interruptions can be so frustrating. And that's why I think the murder aspect, like time is of the essence, unfortunately. So it makes sense that you are being interrupted and it makes sense that you can't resume what you were doing because there is a dead man. There's an active murder investigation happening, which is unfortunately a hindrance to these people's sex lives. Oh, no. I just want to read about these two people who... Do I look like I'm in the West Wing? Absolutely the fuck not. I don't care. Do I look like I'm in the West Wing? You don't. No. You have a Hooters shirt on. I do. (laughs) What I like about this is also the fact that she likes how rough it is. It's not like it happens and then she's like, oh no, I can only do like, you know, making love. Right. It's... (gasps) There's the... Oh, fuck. I'm not going to be able to find the scene. But there is one scene. They're talking, and she maybe asks about a safe word. And then he says, baby, like, we don't need a safe word. Stop will do. Stop is enough. You just have to say stop, and I will stop. There is room for someone to say stop and not mean it in the way of being like, stop. You know, sometimes you use, like, different words. But I love that he was like, nah. Because I don't want to, like, hurt you. If you say stop, it's done. We stop. This is on page 93. But she says, rough? question mark he says yeah rough i'll show you a little you tell me if and when i go too far she says do we like designate a safe word we don't need a safe word you just say stop i know what stop means sweetheart 
it's so light the whole time. It's really refreshing. It is so read. refreshing because that desperation is still there. And I think that that's something that people don't separate, but allowing the sex to be rough while still maintaining levity and allowing the characters to be so desperate for each other and want each right. other so badly without it turning into this dark, violent thing. Toxic thing. It's interesting that that's what I connected that desperation with was like something dark. It's like this truly feels like you are in this intimate setting of these mm -hmm. two people who are discovering each other and trying to figure out what kinks she likes and whatever else. And yeah. Even though some of the things that they do is considered like, I mean, he like slaps her. He, should I just say it? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, right? Are we going to bleep it out? No, it's a romance podcast. I mean, we could bleep it out. That's kind of funny if we bleep it out. He beep her beep. Yeah. Yeah. So like he s her basically. Yeah. Right. And like, I mean, that's kind of considered like, that's not a normal thing. I guess. That no, people would that is not something I knew you could do until I read this book. Well, Piper. Welcome. <laughs> But it's not, he's not doing it to hurt no, her. No. I think right. that that is also the distinction. That's not the thing that's turning him on. Hang on. Exactly. And I think that if she is that causing her pain isn't necessarily. They have that scene where I think it's the second time they fuck. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, no, no. You're going to do it my way now. Like nice and slow. Yes. Basically. And he comments that he's like, oh, I'm not fucking her. We're like making love basically. Yes. And I mean, it's a very sweet scene and you have this dichotomy to like the scene before where they're, you know, literally on the floor of this like misty bathroom. Just, she's just getting fucking railed. And that you can go from that to having this second scene where it's really passionate and slow. Yeah, so this is when they're in the church at the end of the book. Towards the end of the book, it's page 220. And he he says, and I fucking give in. I make love with her. Ugh. And I think about that line all the time because he says with her instead of to, to her. her. Like they are so clearly partners in all of this, even though it is made clear from the beginning of the book that they're not going to stay together. That's what Miles says. He's like, yeah. I don't do relationships. I don't do romance. So I can give you this. I can teach you about what you like in bed. So you know what to ask for, but then we're done. When this case is solved, I'm going to leave. Which also gives us a time constraint yes, trope, which, which love dealing with that. Absolutely. Time is of the essence and I absolutely adore how much agency they both have. And that is also what I love. I really hate the third act breakup in romance novels. It stresses me out. But what I loved about this one is that I think a lot of times, and I have been guilty of doing this, like in college when I was hooking up with guys of being like, oh no, it's fine. I'm totally okay with doing something casual in the hopes that it would then lead to something more. Yeah. And then I getting up. very common. Yeah, it's yeah. so common. And yeah. then getting upset like when it didn't happen and the exactly. guys are like, wait, this is not even remotely close to what we agreed to. Like, I don't understand why you're upset. And Taylor holds herself to that where she's like, no, we agreed. Like, I'm not going to ask you to, to give me a relationship because you gave me what, what you said you would give me. Exactly. And that's what it, like, that's what constitutes a third act breakup. So it's one of my favorite scenes is they fuck and then she's like, I gotta be cool because he basically was like, I don't want to date you. And so she's like, I'm gonna play it cool. I'm gonna play it cool. I'm gonna act like I also don't care, right? That, right. Like, I'm above it all. So they have sex and then she's immediately off of him. This is on page 204 going into 205, mm -hmm. going into chapter 17. Immediately after she like plays it super blase and cool and she kind of ignores him. Yeah, she's like, thank you. And then she leaves. Exactly. And 
you're supposed to assume from his perspective that he's like, oh my God, she doesn't care. Or like, not she doesn't care, but like, I'm now the thirsty one, even though I was the one who tried to set up these boundaries in the first place. Yeah. And then her scene starts on the next page from her perspective. And she's like, one foot in front of the other, down the stairs. I can do this. I can have a fling and not get emotionally involved. Yes, I can. And it's just so cute because you have this like internal struggle of hers where she's like, I can be cool. I can be really cool, I swear. She goes, you are such a badass. I circled that and I literally wrote, she's so fucking cute. Because she I is. I love her. She is so cute. She Because I feel like with the two of us, we can identify with her really well. Oh, yeah. Because this whole book, she's seeking to be more brave. She makes a lot of comments a lot of, a lot of the time that she's like, I could handle these situations more. I could go out more. And so the fact that she's like... She rode his mic like, motorcycle... Yeah, she, she rides this motorcycle and she like does all these things that she hadn't done before that she was afraid of, which is the story of my personal life. Yes, absolutely. And so the fact that she's like that she's like happy with herself, it makes me very happy. So then, because Taylor, you are a badass. She is a badass. And then she can, in fact, not be cool. Yeah. But again, she's also not going into it thinking like, oh, I'm gonna fuck him and trap him. Oh, absolutely It is not. an accident that she falls for him. Both of them. Exactly. Yeah, like, they yeah. both actually end up in the same place of being like, no, this is not what we agreed to. Absolutely. Also love that she cries all the time. She, as a girl who cries constantly. This is on page 121. Girl writes. Taylor's talking about being a teacher. And she says, on the last day of school, she swipes at her eyes as if crying out in the open is the most natural thing in the world. Why? This is nothing. Level one tears at best. Do they make you uncomfortable? She toes off her sandals and wades into the water. My parents didn't love the crying either. <laughs> that is you. That is Cherry me. Cherry girl writes. I cry all the time and my poor boyfriend is like, what the Sometimes fuck Sometimes you just gotta happening? let. At this point now, he's like, I get it. It's cathartic. He's like, "You. that's how you process stuff. It's true. Cry it out. Like, do you need me or do you just need to cry? And I'm just like, sometimes I just need to cry. And he's like, okay. It's true. She's a very sensitive She's, I'm, I'm just shocked that in like 290 pages, she was able to create like two very well fleshed out characters who were very believable in the circumstances that they were in. And even like the other characters, like her brother Jude is already so fleshed out. I want to read his book. I'm assuming we're going to get a book. An MM. Yeah. I think we're going to get a gay romance from Miss Bailey. You would hope. I mean, they, she sets it up pretty clearly because he, the love interest comes in at the end. Yeah. And you kind of have that like moment where you're like it's tense is it tense or is it tense yeah exactly also in every single smut scene that we get in this book except for the very last one it's in his perspective yes so all of the descriptions are the descriptions that he's giving and how she responds to it and how he perceives her responding to it as well yes i find that really interesting i don't know if she did that on purpose or what her intent was behind doing it but i thought it was really interesting but there's a quote here we go this is one of this might be their first sex scene they're standing in front of the mirror at this point this is on page 95 he says i'm not operating some kind of game here though i'm moving on distinct reflexes that come directly from this woman how she moves how she breathes what it means when she swallows harder than usual it's like i tune into her channel and some untapped source inside of me knows how fast to move how slow when she's ready for more i'm too mesmerized by the sight of her sexy tan-lined body in the mirror to worry about the fact that these blind reflexes have never existed in me before. They're specific to her. I love that. That is exactly why they're from his perspective. Yes. Because again, it is coming off of 
the connection that the two of them have. And that's why I really appreciate it being from his perspective. His perspective. Yeah. When I was reading it, I was like, okay, she wants us to be in his head for this. Right. And the fact that like sex felt kind of mechanical with other people where it was like, this is a means to an end. This is what we're doing to get off. Right. But with this, it almost feels more like choreography. Exploratory and fun and creative and different. Okay. So she, the third act breakup happens because she initiates it by playing it cool. And he's like, absolutely not. So he follows her to Connecticut and they have a scene in the McDonald's parking lot where she's like, we can't do this. Like you don't want a relationship. And he's like, nope, I'm moving to Connecticut. I'm getting an apartment right next to yours or like down the street down the street from yours but I will stay in your bed every single night if you allow me to and then we get the epilogue which is probably you you see the cover of this book and you're like so sweet you read it you're like absolute abject filth and then you get to this end and Piper will read it for you because it's actually the cutest shit I've ever heard in my entire life and I think about it all the time so the epilogue is two years later he's in the apartment he walks past a collage that Taylor has been making of pictures of the two of them throughout their relationship and then Taylor gets home his family's there her family's there hiding to surprise them and congratulate them after he proposes she's like let's have sex he's like no wait so then she takes off her dress and he's like bro so he puts his jacket on her and then he proposes and then this is the last page of the book yes she says without a second's hesitation of course i'll be your wife i love you christ happiness and relief and love are overflowing inside of me only growing more intense when i stand and she's right there in my arms where she's supposed to be but of course the jacket has fallen off and we have a new photo to add to the collage we continue to add for it for the next six decades until it takes up the entire wall and spills into the living room a tapestry of joy she didn't need to do that what the fuck she didn't need to do that like this book was fucking raunchy and filthy and it didn't need to be anymore it did she didn't need to give us anything else she gave us everything i literally had the sweetest conclusion that i've ever read i had a dream about it after i read it a tapestry of joy tessa fuck you're gonna win a fucking pulitzer for those words it's ridiculous it's so beautiful and sweet because they like grow into each other exactly raunchy as this book is it is also a love story it is a love story yes and i find that's also really fun because with high smut books sometimes you take that character development hit where you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily believe all of their intentions and whatever absolutely but this one the ending the last page makes you emotional absolutely and you believe it and you believe that these characters are in love and you believe that they did add these pictures to the collage over the next 60 years Um, (laughs) i don't know how she did that i don't know how she did that but thank you you for self-pubbing this book because you please self-pub more yeah you actually gave us our first book that we did as a podcast yeah self-pub regular pub self-pub that reverse harem one please just Email it to me. I won't tell anyone. We won't. We won't. So all in all, we thoroughly enjoyed My Killer Vacation. What would you rate this book? Out of what? Five to ten. I don't know. So from my scale, oh, let's do, let's do ten. Okay. I feel like this is at least, this is an eight for me. It's an eight for you? Yeah. So it's a good Tessa for you. I would say for me, I would rate this like a seven. Okay. Which is great for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I have literally zero complaints other than I just wish that it was longer. I wish that it was longer. Yeah, I would read much more about these two people. I see why you love her so much. I love her so much. I am a Tessa Bailey evangelist and I will be until the day that I die. If she has skeletons in her closet, don't fucking tell me. What's that TikTok?
TikTok where it's like, if she has one fan, it's me. If she has zero fans, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> That's That was the TikTok that, that you wanted to do. And Leah was like, nope. Actually, that would be really funny. You need a you need another TikTok idea. So uh, Piper can only make a Tessa Bailey TikTok once a month. But I yeah. feel like that should be this month's version. Absolutely. Because it's pretty good. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with more to-dos. You'll see from us on Instagram. And we have some exciting news coming out as well. Absolutely. Thank you for spending the time. Send us your thoughts, recommendations, books that you want us to read next. We are here because of you. Absolutely. And so we want to, you know, find books that you like and talk about them. 100%. All right. All right. (laughs) I was like, who's going to say it? All right. We love you dearly. Bye-bye. Lace and Debauchery is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.